You're a retired ball player. You had a really nice career. You coached for a bit after your playing days were over, then decided to stay at home more to be with your kids. But then one of them evolved from a precocious teenager with some baseball talent into a budding star at the major league level. 1-0 on the way, and Bichette lifts a fly ball deep left center field, and he's hit it out. Bo Bichette on the second pitch that he sees takes Clayton Kershaw deep. So you started hanging around with him and his team a little bit this season. And then you got offered a coaching job. So now you're back in the grind as a coach and as a dad. I'm Dan Schulman, and this is A Swing and a Belt. Dante Bichette hits this one deep to center field, and there was never a doubt about it. Dante has four RBIs, and the Rockies have the lead. Dante Bichette enjoyed an outstanding 14-year big league career. Part of the feared Blake Street Bombers in Colorado, Bichette was a four-time All-Star who finished his career with a 299 batting average and 274 home runs. During the 2013 season, Bichette served as the hitting coach for the Rockies before deciding at the end of the year to spend more time at home, in part to be able to be with his two baseball-playing sons, Dante Jr. and Bo. Fast forward now to 2020, and he's back in uniform as a coach with the Blue Jays and has had a major impact on a number of Jays hitters. Dante, thanks for doing this. I appreciate your time. No problem. Glad to be here. How much fun are you having being back in uniform, back in a dugout, back in the grind? You know what? Because of the people in this organization, the players in this organization, this has been a really fun experience. And, and I can't can't lie, being around Bo and watching him play, you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me being on the field. I'd have to watch it on TV. So it has been fun. Does it feel, though, like you've got 14 or 15 sons now, now that you're you're helping out coach everybody in terms of their hitting? You know, that's exactly what it feels like. And and it's tough because I'm used to just living or dying with one. And now, I, you know, it, everyone is a tough out and, and an exciting hit. So the emotional, the hitting coaches, God bless Guillermo Martinez, because the hitting coach is the toughest job on the field because you have somebody struggling every night, no matter how good the rest of the lineup does. So it's an emotional up and down thing, but it's fun. Overall, it's fun. Tell us how this started. Like, how far back in time do you go when the Blue Jays came to you and or you went to them and, and this process of maybe becoming a coach again started? It was in the offseason when uh, Ross had called me and wanted to meet with Dave Hudgens and, and uh, over a cup of coffee and just talk about it and kind of what how they envisioned me helping out. It was mostly at the beginning, just kind of part-time, come in and spring training, see how it goes. It was real important for me not to uh, step on toes. It'd be very sensitive of Bo, you know, having his dad around, stuff like that. But that's how it kind of started. I know we dads like to think that our boys think we're cool, but it's not necessarily always, always that way. Was Bo okay with this right from the beginning? Yeah, we had long talks about it. Him and his mom usually mediates very well and can get to the bottom of it all. And uh, we had good parameters. We said, you know what, let's try it. Let's try spring training because Bo said, listen, if it works, you know, you'll be great for me because me and Bo aren't really on the same level with hitting and we're really good for each other that way. So, you know, it seemed like it worked. So we, we went with it. Well, he's got power all over the ballpark. And that should set a record for most hits 
by a Blue Jay batter in his first five games inside out that thing and drill it at the base of the wall with his speed. That's an easy double for him. Blue Jays haven't lost since Bichette came to the big leagues. Was there a point, though, say in summer camp or whenever things got a little bit more established, did Bo come to you and say, okay, this is good, go do your thing? You know, I think it was a couple weeks into spring training and, and he started realizing, hey, these, the rest of the team, the hitters, they're really, they're digging what you got to say. They're really into what you got to say. They trust you. And he came up to me one day and he said, you know what? All holds off. Do your thing. <laughs> That's when I was able to really connect and, and do my thing. <laughs> so it's not only the hitters who are digging what you say, but you did a Zoom call with the media a few days ago. And, you know, the media can be a pretty jaded bunch. Been doing this a while, listen to a lot of people. And I got to tell you, we were captivated by what you were talking about, whether you just explained it in a different way or had new ideas or probably a combination of the two. We were all, it was the longest Zoom call that we've had with anybody the entire season. So let me throw it over to you for kind of a treetop, you know, beginning comment. What is your message? And I know it's not quite one size fits all, but what is your message that you're trying to get across to Blue Jays hitters about how they think about hitting in a different way? Well, I think you hit it right on, on the button. It's not one size fits all. And that's probably the message in an era where we, you know, if you look up YouTube, it's all about the swing, the launch angle, the exit speed, and you only look fastball and adjust. And it's, and I know when I was hitting coach for the Rockies, it was all do not leave your approach, same approach, same approach, same approach. And I'm like, man, when did hitting become so you know, so much like that, you know, in my day, it was about making adjustments, uh, reading a pitcher, sitting on a pitch, hitting with two strikes, being able to be fluid in the box. And so my message was being able to make adjustments, how to make adjustments. Kids don't really even know how to make adjustments nowadays because they're not taught to. I think a lot of guys like me aren't in the game anymore. You know, it's more analytic and things like that. And it's, it's, it's so much more swing about the swing nowadays that guys don't use their heads. So I would have to go and say two strikes was the beginning that really kind of guys kind of were captivated on. So we, we went into the two strike approach and just putting the ball in play, what that can do in confidence. It's almost like if you were to play golf and you had a great short game, it would allow you to really just let your driver go, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but if your short game wasn't very good, you'd be nervous at the tee box. You know, you got to get it in the fairway now. So that's how I look at two strikes. So stuff like that. I don't know. A high drive. Way back. And there's the storybook ending for the Rockies. The Rockies have won it on the home run by Bichette at last. So let's start with the two-strike approach because Bo has it. And Bo, as you know, is a very aggressive player. I mean, he swings a lot. He swings hard. But at two strikes, the leg kick disappears and he goes into battle mode. Uh, we've seen it from the day that he got to the big leagues. If we were able to go back in time and watch like 15-year-old Bo taking BP with the Rockies, with Tulowitzki and, and those guys, when you were coaching there, would we see the same approach? Is that something you tried to really instill in him at a young age? Yeah, that was from the beginning. And it's it, to me, it's the big reason I could play in the big leagues because I could hit with two strikes. I wasn't very disciplined either, kind of like Bo. I, I, I had a game plan and I committed to it and I would chase pitches. I was a bad 2-0 hitter, but I was a really good two-strike hitter. So is what I could really teach Bo. Yeah, you'd see the same thing. And two strikes, basically, 
you know, we call it a bulletproof approach, you know, whereas, you know, in the game today, the high fastball is when you swing at a fastball and miss 99.9% of the time, you're going to swing under it, especially right. in today's game. So rule number one, get on top of the fastball with two strikes. And that's just a swing path. Rule number two, the breaking ball is punching guys out nowadays. They throw the high fastball up, they speed you up, and then they throw the breaking ball to change up down on a way to, to strike you out. Well, rule number two with two strikes is let the ball get deep. That way, if you are fooled, your bat still has time in the zone to at least put ball in play. And all we're looking for is ball in play with two strikes. Nowadays, we're so judged on exit speeds and launch angles. If we're looking for launch angles and exit speeds with two strikes, we're going to be in trouble. Because now we got to catch the ball out front with bat speed, and we're just going to be taken advantage of. So, you know, that's kind of the way I approach it. Okay, so a couple of phrases that I want to dive into a little bit uh, for people who may not be all that familiar. The first is swing path. Can you talk about a swing path and how you're trying to help guys modify their swing path in certain situations? Yes, yeah, swing pass. The first thing you got to know when you're face, say you're facing a pitcher today and he's a two-seamer, that means the ball's going to run down and into you. So if you understand your bat path, to get your bat path on plane as long as it can be, say you're a right-handed hitter facing a right-handed pitcher, the ball's running down and in, then you got to have a swing that's kind of up and inside out. You know, let's say you have a four-seam guy that's a straight fastball that is a high-velocity guy that's going to pitch at the top of the zone, then you got to have a steeper path to the ball, more flat path to the ball to get on the path of the ball as long as you can. Say you have a soft tosser, a guy that kind of the ball's always diving down. It's a breaking ball down. It's a chase down. Then you can lift a little bit more and get your barrel to drop back and then kind of get on plane with an upward swing. So, you know, that's the first thing you got to do. What's your guy's fastball look like that you're facing that day and get that stroke working. And you made the analogy in the Zoom call to tennis that you don't always have the same swing in tennis and it should be the same in baseball, right? Absolutely. It's like golf. You don't take your driver swing all the time. Tennis, you sometimes you got to hit with a flatter ball. Sometimes you get top spin. Baseball's the same way. And we, it's really a shame what we've done to baseball by creating one swing path, one launch angle, and let's everybody try to do that. And it's become a very boring, in my opinion, very boring approach because you no longer talk about you know, like you see Ryu pitching with his, he's almost like an artist. Back into the line, Charlie Culberson. Back-to-back strikeouts by Hinjun Ryu. Well, he's got it working tonight. You know, hitters are the same way. Great hitters were fun to watch, and there's still a bunch of them around. You know, I'm, I'm not dogging all the hitters now. It's just <laughs> we've created such one approach, the one swing path, that if the pitcher makes a mistake, we hit homer. If they don't make a mistake, we strike out. Right. And it shouldn't be like that. How hard is it, whether it's a 22-year-old kid or a 28-year-old, you know, more veteran major league player, how hard is it for them to adjust and have these different swing paths that you're talking about? I got to tell you, I, I've been surprised on how quick Gritchick, Teo, all these guys have bought in so easily. I think a lot of it is, you know, I've got Bo on the team and Bo's kind of like, hey, this little kid, what the heck is he doing, you know? And, and it's like, you know, hey, so they trust me right off the bat with that. They trust me because of my history. So it's been easy. You just got to do it the right way. You just got to know how to approach a hitter because nowadays they are so locked into their approach. They will not leave their approach. So it was surprising that I could get a couple of them to understand and kind of change and go to maybe different levels. 
The second phrase is letting the ball get deep or letting the ball travel. Buck and I say it every single night. And I said to Buck on the air a couple of nights ago, if there was an opposite field fan club, Buck would be the president and I would be the vice president. We love hits to the opposite field. You know, especially if they're throwing you a slider down and away and you're a right-handed batter, you try to pull it, you're going to roll over 99 times out of 100. But there are so many hits to the opposite field, and we've seen it with Teoscar Hernandez so much. Can you give us a kind of a brief explanation of letting the ball travel and how that can help a hitter? Well, you know, listen, I love analytics also, but you got to decipher them the right way. You got to decipher them as a as a ball player that's been in the box and realize when you get a guy in scoring position or just any high leverage at bat, the pitchers are going to the breaking ball. They're going to go low and away. They'll show you up and in, but they're not taking a chance on letting you take them deep in big high leverage situations. And that's been as far as back in the, I mean, I, Tony Perez was the first guy to realize you got to drive in runs by hitting that slider to right field. You can't try to pull that. They'll take advantage of it. So if you want to be a big RBI guy and get big time hits, you know, it's got to be the other way because that's where pitchers go when it gets tough. They'll show in early, but that's where they go. So as far as letting the ball get deep, the biggest thing I try to do is if we can get hitters not to try to pull the inside pitch because this whole game is based on the inside pitch. You try to pull that inside pitch, pitchers go in there for a reason. They go in there to set up the ball away, the breaking ball away, the fastball away, the changeup away. If they can get you to cheat on that inside pitch, they got you because now they've set you up. So we try to the, – the inside pitch is the big one. We want to catch that as deep as we can. Then we don't get fooled and chase as many bad pitches. So letting it get deep, just not jumping out in front, letting the ball get closer to the plate instead of getting it out front. And and I guess getting a little bit more information too, because you see the ball a little bit longer. You see it, you can make better decisions. Your bat path, the beauty of it is your bat path will get on plane earlier and deeper. And if you practice letting the ball get deep, you will develop such a good swing that you'll create better bat speed earlier. But if you're so lazy to, you know, everybody can catch the ball out front with bat speed and pull it. Very few people can catch it deep with bat speed. But you got to practice that. You got to own that. And that's what Teoscar has done. You know, his opposite field power is ridiculous. You're thinking damage if you're Teoscar Hernandez right now. And a fly ball to right field. Pretty well hit. Back and gone! Hernandez with an opposite field home run. And it is 5-2 Blue Jays. And I don't even think he hit that ball well. So <laughs> <laughs> it's really neat to see it actually work. And Guillermo Martinez and me have been on the same page with this the whole time. It's been fun. Yeah, Guillermo Martinez, the hitting coach for the Blue Jays. And it sounds like you and he have meshed beautifully. It sounds like maybe he's a little more mechanics and you're a little more mindset. And I don't know if that's a fair assessment or not. And your two philosophies blend together very well. Yes. I, you know, I, I bring the experience. He brings the, a lot of the new age and, and how, how people look at hitting now, but we both can go both ways on that. You know, we, we both understand he's, he's there with me on the mental part of the game. I'm there with him with mechanics. It's really been good. We've been inseparable. We've tried our best to figure it out and, and we've worked well together. Let's circle back to Bo if we can. And and I'm really curious, again, the year that you were a hitting coach with the Rockies in 2013, I can just picture 15-year-old Bo Bichette running around. I mean, you know, he knows what it's like 
like a Vladdy and like a Biggio to, you know, to be in a big league clubhouse. So he knows how to handle himself. You know, what was he like then as a 15? He was a high school kid, right? And he's hanging out with big leaguers. What were those days like for you when your kid steps into the cage and he's taking BP in a group with major league hitters? Well, you know, they let him hit once. And uh, I remember Jorvi Torrealba. He was a catcher on that team that year. And they let him hit one time in the last group. And Bo, you know, if you, if you know Bo, he took it very serious. I mean, Bo took it as if he were you know, he had a chance to be in a lineup that night, right. you know, <laughs> and I don't think he miss hit a ball. It was actually, you know, Bo, Bo is very into his batting practice and being as close to perfect as he can. And, you know, the team was so impressed. They said they actually started making him hit in the last group. And pretty much every time he was in town, he, they made him hit in the last group. It was so fun to watch that and see him get dialed in because Bo was serious about it before that year, but when he left that year, having worked with LeMahieu and Blackman and, and Arenado before they were anybody, those guys were nobody, and now see where those guys have gone and Tulowitzki, he came out of that season at such a different level mentally that it was just amazing to see his uh, work ethic after that. That is rocketed to left field, on its way, gone. Bo Bichette is not only two for four, Bichette has struck his eighth home run of the season. Lansing's down nine to four. I've been asked about him a lot going on radio shows and so on, and, and I've said sometimes it feels to me like he wakes up every morning saying, how can I be the best baseball player in the world today? What can I do to be better today? Is, is that accurate? Is that what it feels like to you as his dad? Bo tells me that his goal every game is to be the best player on the field, period. That is his goal every game. And I believe that's what he thinks going into every game. So, yes, that's very accurate, and it's kind of neat to see. What do you think the next few weeks is going to be like for this team? A lot of young kids, and they're in a pennant race, and it's new for a lot of them. Uh, pretty exciting times for the fans right now. What do you think it'll be like for the players over the next few weeks? I think it's going to be a blast. I think we are going to make the playoffs. I think we're – this team, every time I see them lose a tough game, you think, okay, you know, and then two, we lost two tough games in a row to Orioles and the Marlins, made some, you know, some mistakes, and then they come back and win another tough game. I'm telling you that it's so tough to do because it just takes a heart out of you when you lose those tight games that it just tells me this team's just going to be there. They're just going to be there in the end. What we do in the playoffs, you know, if we're healthy, I think it's one of those years that if we get hot, you know how it is, the three-game playoffs, crazy things could happen. It would be some kind of really cool if we were able to get to that World Series this year. It's uh, going to be an interesting few weeks, to say the least. Dante, this has been great. Thank you so much for talking uh, about hitting with us. Get Bo healthy as quickly as you can, whatever you can do, get him back on the field. It looks like he's getting closer, and congrats on everything, and enjoy the rest of the season. Thanks, Dan. We'll see you down the road. <laughs> so as you heard, Dante Bichette can really talk hitting, and he's brought a number of fresh ideas to the Blue Jays organization, and he works beautifully in concert with Guillermo Martinez, the hitting coach. The two of them are very close. Guillermo will send Dante videos at 2 in the morning. They'll go out for breakfast. They'll talk about it, and the hitters have bought in, letting the ball get deep, hitting the ball to the opposite field two-strike approach. It's not going to be perfect, and it's not going to be overnight. Guys have been hitting the way they've been hitting their entire lives, and now they're being asked to make some changes. But again, they see Bo doing it and how well that he has done. So there's a lot of equity there for Dante Bichette when he's trying to teach the hitters something new. 
He'll probably never be the most important Bichette for the Blue Jays. Of course, Bo's got a, a leg up on him there, but Dante Bichette has been a really nice addition to the Blue Jays coaching staff this year. That'll do it for this edition of A Swing and About. We hope you enjoyed it. Subscribe, leave us a review, a like, get in touch with us any way you want. We're always open to hearing your thoughts. And until next time, I'm Dan Schulman.